everyone. Welcome to the debut second episode of the Fantasy Hipsters podcast. You got your guy franchise here sitting right across from me is Matt Harmon. Matt, how's it going? Oh, it's great. It's it's good to be back uh, for the for the sophomore campaign, the sophomore album, which is always better than the first CD. No sophomore slumps here. We're coming in strong today. No. It's uh, a heck of a day with NFL news and combine reactions and free agency stuff, so we got a lot to cover. No, we got a lot to cover, but before we get to that, we have to tell you about uh, today's sponsor, and that is the Duchamp's Grooming Company. It's uh, they, these guys rock. You know, they're, they've sponsored the show now. This is the second time, so I guess we didn't screw up too bad on the first one, or you know, whatever. But anyways, <laughs> Duchamp's Grooming Company. You can find them on Twitter. You can find them on Facebook, Instagram, and their website is www.duchampsgrooming.co. It's vintage-inspired, handmade grooming products for the modern-day man. I use this stuff every day in my beard, my hair makes me look great, keeps my hipster styling looking fresh it's awesome yeah so definitely check those guys out buy their products so they keep so they can keep sponsoring the show so we can keep doing the show and we all make each other happy that's like a it's like a you know a a co-op or something it's like the circle of life maybe it is maybe like the circle of life or at least a commune i don't know definitely it's definitely a commune all right i like that also we have to thank ty miller and his band oakstone ashes for our awesome intro song yeah uh, which just gets more and more incredible the more you hear it uh definitely Make sure you check them out at Oakstone Ashes on Twitter and at TyInSTL on Twitter. Cool. Also, just a quick warning here in Harmon Studios today. Yes. We have a couple uh, canine guests with us. We, we do. We, we've, got, we've got Charlie behind the glass. Everyone you know, knows Charlie. Everybody knows Charlie. Everybody, he needs no introduction. No, he doesn't. He's, you know, he's producing the show. Yes. Uh, much better. I think it's much better produced than the Fantasy Live podcast. I've had many people tell oh me that. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> So he's behind the glass work, working all the knobs, but we've also got a guest in studio today. We've got Mort, uh, Mort. the intern. Mort. He's, uh, he's, my, he's my neighbor's dog. We're watching him, but yeah, he's basically Charlie's intern. So, you know, he's here. He's pushing some buttons that he shouldn't be pushing, yeah. this, that, and the other. So if Stepping you, on wires. Exactly. So if you hear a little clanking or a little, you know, dog stuff going on, just know we're working with two canines here. Yeah. We're a little overstocked. One's in training, so just cut him some slack. Absolutely. But all right. Let's get into the news of let's the day. Let's do it, man. Woo! All right. Buckle in. All right, let's 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 start right off the top here. The biggest, I guess, fantasy-relevant news. Uh, the biggest news in general. The biggest the news in general of the day. Brandon Marshall, former Jets wideout, signs a two-year, $12 million deal with the New York Giants. So he's staying in New York, and he's joining Odell Beckham Jr. in that wide receiving core. Right. So that... I, Look, right off the bat, I think the Giants have a great receiving core now. I already liked what they had kind of going on last year at the beginning of the year when Victor Cruz was kind of still doing stuff. Something, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they released Victor Cruz. They signed Brandon Marshall. They only signed him to a two-year, $12 million deal. That's pretty good. You know, they already had a decent amount. I think they had over $30 million in cap room before the Marshall signing, before slapping the franchise tag on JPP. So they still have room to, to, to squirm there with the cap. But in terms of their receiving core now, the biggest question is, what does Brandon Marshall have left? Before you showed up today, I was already digging into his reception perception, uh, yeah. looking at some games at the beginning of the year, the end of the year. I think he can still play. Um he was banged up a lot last year. He was banged up. Uh, his like second season with the team is never as good as the first. <laughs> that is actually like a legit hashtag trend, trend that, that's, with that's held Marshall. up. The honeymoon always is better than the marriage. Um, but yeah, I think Marshall can still play. He looks like he can still get some separation underneath. He can run some in-breaking routes, which is really what that New York Giants offense does. You know, keep in mind, they run three receiver sets uh, more than anybody else yeah. in the NFL. Um, I guess what a lot of people are going to ask is, you know, what what does the distribution look like there in New York? Right. How do, how does B Marsh take maybe take away from Odell Beckham Jr.'s value? And St- Sterling Shepard too. And Sterling Shepard, yeah. So I mean, Shepard is probably the one that is going to get dinged the most. You know, he had 105 targets last year. Uh, I think he definitely have had over 100. I might be missing on the 105, but had over 100. Beckham had over 160. I, yeah. I th- see. I think Beckham doesn't lose much um you know Cruz had a decent amount uh their undrafted free agent Roger Lewis had a decent amount of looks right. and like I said they have three wide receivers on the field more than any other team and you know 
breaking news, uh, teams don't make these moves and think like, oh, we got a lot of mouths to feed. They think, oh, we've got a lot of good players on the field. Right. So I think Marshall will definitely dig into some of Shepard's volume. I think Beckham, though, probably doesn't get dinged too much by it. You know, Marshall at this stage of his career is probably not a player you want to feed 130-plus targets to. You want him to be a, a number two receiver, mm-hmm. a possession guy. Um, so I, I think Shepard and and uh, Beckham are both going to probably be fine. Yeah, and Marshall gives Eli Manning a big target in the red zone, which he's kind of lacked the last couple of years, I feel like. Um, you know, they have like Larry Donnell and Will Ty as tight ends there, but they didn't do much last year just because all the targets went to the wideouts. So I think that's an upgrade, at least in those those scoring situations for Marshall, and that can boost his fantasy value. Yeah, I like the signing. I I think it's a great move. Um, I, I love Marshall there. I think that he did, like you said, gives him some size. That's yeah. something they didn't have even last year. Totally. Uh, Beckham and uh, and Shepard are both under six feet, and Cruz even last year. He's just a six foot guy as well. So, good good move. Good move opinion. for the G men. Contender B Marsh is now with a contender, so that's good. Hopefully, you know he's never actually been in a playoff game. I did not know that. So I wow. think this is a, this is kind of a nice thing for him. Uh, hopefully they they can make a Super Bowl run there. I like um, I like all those guys. So also had some QB movement today. Yeah, a lot of a lot of QB movement. We're recording this here like midday Wednesday, so stuff is probably going to happen even while we're uh, on the podcast, which will, which will be fun. Um, Tyrod goes bike to Buffalo on a restructured <laughs> contract, and that comes in via Adam Schefter. Oh my God, reason reigns. Right. I, I mean, mean, I mean, what what were the Bills gonna do? Seriously, what, who what, else is there? It, like, the, the, I think they finally had to look around and be like, we can't start Cardale Jones. No, can we? no. You know, because I don't think Tony Romo is gonna go there. I don't think they can really attract any big name quarterbacks. Mike Glennon already sounds like he's locked up to go to the Bears. So what were they? Yeah, like what were they gonna do? Take a quarterback at ten and just completely start over? Right. Maybe, maybe that like that would have been the only other option. And if they want to actually compete this year. Which I don't think they can, but whatever. Uh, they had to bring Tyrod back. I, we, you know, we're we're all fans of, of Ty God. You, me, oh, Marcus, yeah. Alex. You know, the whole fantasy. We love Ty God. He's big on Ty God. He's so. just fun to watch, and he is fun. Uh, last season, I was saying it um, all year long. When when Ty God, Sammy Watkins, and Lashawn McCoy, all three of them are healthy and they're on the field together. The Bills' offensive production is like off the charts. Right. Problem so, is, like all those guys are never on the field. Right. Together, and yeah. you know, Sammy Watkins always has injury issues, and Lashawn McCoy isn't the most durable running back. But I think this is good for for everyone there. Ty God and Sammy Watkins have a connection, so I don't think Sammy's gonna, you know, struggle with his fantasy value at all. But it's, I mean, I love Ty God, and I'm glad he's staying with the Bills. That's my take. Yeah, the question really is, like, what do they do at the number two receiver position? And I think we probably will see a move forthcoming with that. Nice. Um, yeah, so other quarterback movement. We had Brian Hoyer to San Francisco. Oh, I know God. this really moves the needle for everybody. Who cares? But the question there with that is, so is this as a backup or no? Because Hoyer played well last year when he started. I mean, legitimately was playing really good football for the Bears. Was was their best quarterback by far right. over Matt Barkley and, and Jay Cutler. Right. Uh, and you know he was good the year before in Houston. He's not a he should he's like a low level starter, uh, probably more like a high end backup. But I think this gives them an option, a bridge, if they decide to take a quarterback early in the draft. Um, there's been some like I know. Rap sheet said that this kind of took them out. He thinks this takes them out of the Cousins race. Um, and then Aditi Kinkabala from our, from our network as well. She said that, that she's been told that it doesn't take them out. So this move from Hoyer, though, I think it gives them an option to have. And he and Kyle Shanahan and did spend one season together in, uh, in Cleveland. So cool. the rumors are flying. The rumors are flying. It's, it's pretty nuts. It's really not worth touching on the Cousins thing until something actually happens. But I am ready to drop flames on Washington if and when it does. Even when it does get uh, moved. I, I was I was out on Monday night and talking to somebody, and, and they were like, "You're from DC. Like, why aren't you a, a Washington fan?" And I'm just like, "Look around. <laughs> there are many reasons. There are many reasons, and we have one big one in the news right yeah, now. There so you go. exactly." Uh, yeah, so, and then the last quarterback news is Tony Romo is going to get released tomorrow by the Cowboys. I kind of felt like this is this was the inevitable move. We saw this coming, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, it just feels weird. It does feel it does feel weird, and I, it's such kind of an unceremonious ending for Tony Romo in yeah. Dallas. I mean, I think the ending for him was when he gave that 
that press, that conference, press conference saying this is Dak's team. Which was great. And yeah. I think that's obviously we knew he wasn't going to come back, but the fascinating part of this is that he's outright getting released. Nobody's going to trade for him. Right. Um, which I think kind of tells you that the league is a little hesitant on Romo as well. Like the, I know the Texans and Broncos will be big buyers. Um, Maybe the Jets? See, I don't. Th- I think there's just no way he's going to end up going to a team like that. You know, to like a the Jets who are. I mean, the, the Marshall release signals that they're rebuilding. Yeah. Mangold, Revis, those guys probably would have gotten cut anyways. But yeah, they're entering a new era. I don't think he wanted to go to a team like that. I think the Bears, he wants to win. Yeah, the Bears going hard after Glennon kind of probably signals that they know that that's not a fit. So I think really it does kind of come down, at least on paper, looks like Denver or Houston and. I would think right now Denver's probably the favorite just based on Houston's kind of already tied up with Brock Osweiler. I, but, I agree with that. But we'll see. That and, would be a nice boost for Demarius Thomas, Manny Sanders there in Denver. Oh, it'd be great for the three games that Romo's going to play. It's going to be great. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that's all the quarterback news. And then the cool. next big next news item, you want to you wanna read this one? I read three in a row. Yeah, so, so uh, offensive tackle Rick Wagner signed with the Detroit Lions. He's getting, according to Ian Rappaport, north of $9 million per season, which I'm no contract expert, but for an offensive lineman, that seems like a pretty good deal. Yeah, that's a lot. And... Wagner is a good pass protector. He's pretty solid in the run game too. Uh, he need, comes over from Baltimore. They and, needed the Lions needed help on that O line. They did. He's going to replace Riley Reef at right tackle because they took Taylor Decker in last year's first round. He was a pretty solid rookie at left tackle. So right. they need a little bit of improvement there. Wagner's a good player. It makes sense as a signing. Cool. It's all my takes. All right, uh, Dwayne <laughs> Allen. This happened today. Traded to the Patriots. Tight end Dwayne Allen from the Colts traded to the Patriots for a late-round pick, according to Ian Rappaport. Uh, Jack Doyle, the Colts' other tight end, who you might remember from last season, re-signed with the Colts yesterday. So the Colts lose Dwayne Allen. The Patriots gain Dwayne Allen. It seems like they always want to have that solid backup tight end in the you know to back up Gronk because Gronk's seemingly always injured. Um, so... But so is Dwayne Allen. Right. So. Dwayne Allen is also hurt a lot. Uh, but he's a good blocker. And I think that we've kind of seen, since that one tight end went to prison, uh, we've kind of seen in those last two years, Bennett is a guy that can catch and block. Yeah. Allen, guy that can catch and block. It does give them a lot of versatility, which we know New England, uh, you know, values. And I saw Rumford Johnny say this to our, our friend J.J. Zacharyson on Twitter, that like... Yeah, you know, fantasy people are always going to be the harshest critics when these signings happen because, like, oh, I've taken Dwayne Allen before my drafts and he burned me. He sucks. Like, Dwayne Allen's not a great player. He never became awesome, but he's a solid red zone threat. He's a good blocker. It's a a really strong move for New England, in my my opinion. And what it leaves behind in Indianapolis uh, is Jack Doyle re-signed with the team, which is – I like Jack Doyle. He might be a top ten fantasy tight end this year. Yeah, if they don't make any other moves. But then I would also keep an eye out for Eric Swoop. All oh, right, Swoop. He's a big tight end basketball convert, so we know that means he's a Hall of Famer like right. Antonio Gates and Tony Gonzalez. Those are the rules. Right. Um, came from the University of Miami. He kind of pitched around on the uh, Colts practice squad and, and on the end of the roster. But last year, he showed up in some games and made some big catches, uh, especially towards the end of the year. So that's kind of like a super sleeper guy to look out for. The kind of stuff that you hear here on the Fantasy Hipsters podcast. Maybe not on those mainstream shows, but you hear that stuff here. Yeah, the underground moves Yeah, totally. for your next season. Yeah, totally. Uh, so also, it, it leaves behind Martell's man. It's probably not going right. to come back to New England. We kind of expected that. The right. Bills, Jags, and Giants are all in on him per, per Jason Lockhampour. Makes sense. All those teams need a tight end. Yeah, speaking of blockers... Uh, the Bills signed two fullbacks. Weird. Kind of. Weird. They <laughs> they got Patrick DeMarco to play fullback. He's from the Falcons, so you know right. they had a good running game. Uh, people that are fullback experts say he's a good fullback, which everybody becomes an expert on everybody when, when there's a signing. Uh, so, sure, good fullback there. They also got Mike Tolbert uh, from the Panthers. And, uh, listen, I like Mike Tolbert a lot. He's, I thought he was. I thought he was a fun guy. I'm gonna. I'm actually gonna miss him on the Panthers a Dude's little bit. Dude's a wrecking ball. He is a big. I mean, that's literally. He's called the toll do, toll dozer or whatever. <laughs> nice. So yeah. And speaking of the wrecking ball, apparently, according to Jason Rannon, yeah, from uh, ESPN, 
they're going to move him to running back. So he'll kind of be like a battering ram behind so, LaShawn McCoy. So weird. It it's, is weird. It's the robust RB strategy. Clearly, uh, Buffalo is, is taking that approach. Yeah. Uh, the funny thing about this is, like, there's been, like, some whispers that McCoy could get cut because his salary is so high. Mm. Like, I don't think that's going to happen. But they've made – now they've they tendered – Mike Gillisley at the they tendered Mike Gillisley was a restricted free agent. Yeah, they bring in Tolbert. They yeah. have Jonathan Williams who they took in the fifth round of last year's draft. They've got kind of a lot of bodies behind McCoy right now, so that's going to be a fun situation to like watch that shake it's out. It's a deep rookie class too, so they could get even they, more depth than just kind of sure make them compete against each other in camp and see what happens with these guys. But depth at the running back position is never a bad thing. Yeah. Because those guys drop like flies. More fullback news, too. Uh, Kyle Juszczyk, oh, yeah. Harvard grad, signed with the 49ers to become cool. the highest-paid fullback. He catches, like, six passes a game, or was with the Ravens last year. It was insane. He was the better pass-catching back on the roster, uh, better than uh, future Hall of Famer Ken- Kenneth Dixon so last weird. year. It's so weird. Yeah, it was Juszczyk. great. Try spelling his last name. It's. Uh, I remember, like, actually having to spell it out in articles last season and just – you know, because he makes some catches or whatever. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to copy paste that. Cut one. and paste every week. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so, cool. A lot of fullback talk here. Well, yeah, weird. I don't really do good, fullbacks, but. Good year to good year to be a fullback, I guess. It's nice. A lot of, lot of spotlight. All right. Uh, the next move we saw. So, uh, Bengals receiver Brandon LaFell. They re-upped him for two years. Uh, that's cool, you know. They still need team speed, in my opinion. I, I would have thought that'd be a good place for Kenny Stills to go, who hasn't signed anywhere yet. But, right. You know, you need that guy to stretch the field. LaFell's another player that gets a bad rep because he drops a lot of passes, He's, especially that one game against the, was it like the Jets, his like first week back off the PUP in 2015, and just they threw all those pat the just dropped like literally five passes, <laughs> and there was that vine that came out yeah. with like Classic somebody fine. which somebody like throwing a trash can at a at a jersey where or a Brandon LaFell jersey on a trash can. Yeah. So listen, he's got a bad reputation, but he kind of played solid football for them last year. He was even before AJ Green went down. He had I feel like I rem- I'm just trying to remember this. He had like a three three weeks in a row where he scored a touchdown. And then A.J. Green goes out, and he kind of slides into the number one role, quote-unquote. Right. Though it was, like, split between him and, and Tyler Boyd there. But, yeah, everyone hates on Brandon LaFell. But, I mean, if he's scoring touchdowns and getting you 50, 60 yards a game, it's a wide receiver three. Yeah, and he's a good – he's just, a, like, a pretty good football player. Yeah. He's not a – he sh- probably shouldn't be a, ni- a number two receiver. You'd think that the Bengals aren't done looking for wide receiver help. Yeah. But if you end up having to go in with him as your number two receiver, like – it's not the end of the world. I mean, he showed last year that he's whatever. Like he's, he's whatever. Yeah. Not yeah. a net negative, not a net positive, pretty much. There you go. Uh, so cool. And then last last on the football news for now, unless something else has happened that I don't see, uh, Barry Church signed with the Jaguars on a four-year deal north of $6 million that comes in from Ian Rappaport. Church is a pretty is a pretty decent safety, um, and he'll, uh, he'll, definitely, he'll definitely help the Jags. He's better than Jonathan Cyprian, who's, who's not good. People think Cyprian's good because he gets a lot of tackles or whatever. He's one of those safeties. Right. But he yeah, blows coverages. He takes bad angles. He never developed into a very good player. So Jags get an upgrade on their defense and yeah, continue to try to win that offseason, baby. Yeah, their defense was good coming into last year. And then, you know, Blake Bortles screwed them over. But they're kind of building a they're, building a really good defense. Yeah, I would say that like their defense didn't win them games but they didn't lose them games yeah, either and yeah. their offense lost them games right. last year so really if their offense can take another step and some of these solid defenders keep progressing i mean it's we say it every year but this could be a, a better year for the jags I, I at least believe in the leadership structure that <laughs> oh, uh, god it has begun <laughs> i don't know if i'm gonna hype them again like we've done in the past but you know nevertheless so all right that's it for free agency news obviously there's going to be more stuff leaking in before you hear from us again next week but that's what we know today so that's what we discussed let's move on to some combine reactions now let's do it this let's is do it let's really let some takes fly all right so you're our wide receiver prognosticator you got reception perception at receptionperception.com plug you've uh, got all these guys charted let's start with 
the guy you call the most underrated wide receiver in the 2017 class, Chris Godwin good, out of Penn State. Good timing on that. That article came out Friday, Saturday. Dude, that was before he before yeah. his combine. Right? Oh, yeah, Saturday yeah. he ripped up the combine. Yeah. I, I will say I, I had a little bit of inside information there. I got a, ah. I got some I got some I I've got some ties to the Chris Godwin camp. Sick. Uh, and got some sources there. I I heard he was gonna blow up the combine. Wow. Uh, which I actually even I was a little bit surprised by because I love Chris Godwin. I think he's great. Uh, as I've mentioned on some podcasts before, I mentioned in the article, his contested catch conversion rate is 85.7%. That is the highest I've ever charted over the last two years of college prospects. Yeah. He has an above-average success rate versus man, press, and uh, zone coverage. So he's a good route runner. He gets like People were questioning how athletic is he. Right. But if he's got a 73% success rate versus man coverage, which is a great score in reception perception, you had to think he... He's a little bit underrated as a as a mover, and I think he went out and showed it. Yeah, and it's it was awesome to see, man. It was it was really cool to see him go out there. I think he tested in the 81st percentile for Spark. Um, Amazing. Yeah, for such he's a big, pretty big guy. Too, he's like so. he's six one yeah. two oh nine. Ran a four four. Uh, was a real big winner. For, I think he, you know, other guys did really well too, but uh, to me, I think he's going to come away as the big winner. And and I'll say it now. I think he's a top five receiver in this class. After the combine, I think he he cemented that. Cool. And you really got to wonder, you know, Mike Williams didn't do so well in the combine. Mm-hmm. You kind of have to ask yourself, like, what does Mike Williams do better than Chris Godwin? If Chris Godwin is the best contested catch receiver in the draft class, and that's Mike Williams' game, right. but he's also way more athletic than Williams, and I, in my opinion, I think he's a better separator, what are, why would you take Mike Williams – in the uh, you know top half of the first round, if you can get Godwin in the back half of round one, right. and I think t- some team, I know teams, some teams have him graded there, wow, or in the second round, you know, I think you're, you're asking yourself that question at this point. That's high praise. Uh, That's high very, praise. Very excited. You know, I already liked him because of his reception perception. Right. He goes out and nails a combine like that. Yeah, top performer. He actually led the class in the twenty yard shuttle four seconds. Yeah, he's and, uh, he's dope. Had good vertical, everything. Also, yeah. uh, <laughs> the best metric of all, he follows me on Twitter. So, oh, so nice. So you're pals. So we're so we're basically pals. Awesome. That's 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 what it officially is. That's pretty cool, man. Yeah. All right. Are you good on no, Godwin? Yeah, I'm good on Godwin. That's all the praise I got. All right, let's move on. This is the guy everybody's talking about cuz he broke the 40 record. John Ross out of Washington. Uh, he's 5'11", 188 pounds. He broke the 40-yard dash record with a 4.22 breaking Chris Johnson's 4.24 set in 2008. He's got uh, Ross's kick return chops, uh, which will help help his draft stock more than just a deep threat. Um, I mean, he's fast. We knew he was fast. Maybe we didn't know he was this fast. Oh, but yeah. What, what did uh, Reception Perception say about John Ross? I mean, Reception Perception really likes John Ross. Um, you know, we, you hardly ever see him in contested situations, and, and you see why. Like, that speed, he has obviously has an above-average success rate versus coverage on uh, the deep, the nine routes, but... Yeah. The thing about burn guys. Oh yeah. Yeah. The thing about him too though is he has great separation on on curl routes, on comeback routes, and out routes. And that's because he gets a ton of cushion. That's very fair. Like if you watch any John Ross games, you'll see cornerbacks just line up like literally ten yards off of him because they're so afraid of getting burnt over the top and you know, four two two speed. You you, you see why. Yeah. Um but What's really what I really like about him is that he's actually a pretty polished player. He's got good route acumen, and when you're a vertical player, the best thing that you can do is be able to sell that vertical route by not tipping off the defender with your eyes or with your head, keeping it straight, and then right at the last minute you break on that out route or you come back on the on the curl route, and that gets you just easy ten yard gains, first mm-hmm. downs like that. But and then eventually you're taking him over the top. Ross's biggest question. Uh, is that like because of his size, which I think is kind of just an easy thing to, to peg on him? Is is can he beat physical press coverage? Right. He has an above average success rate versus press coverage score for me. Uh, of course, wasn't facing much of it in the pack in the Pac-12, but that's going to be the biggest question. And if he can develop in that area, I think he could easily have like a T.Y. Hilton level career. That's wow. that's my favorite comp for him. Awesome. John Ross. Unfortunately, after he ran the 40, he cramped up and didn't do any other drills. That's the thing. If, 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 you, listen to the, uh, if you listen to the Move the Sticks uh, podcast, plug another podcast there. I was yeah. listening to that one driving yesterday, and uh, 
DJ said, like, sometimes you have, like, a three-word scouting report. Yeah. Uh, he's like, all you need is two for John Ross. Fast and fragile. And you saw... <laughs> well, it's, but it's true. He has, like, a huge injury rap sheet. He's set for surgery in May, too, yep, right? Yep, he's set for a shoulder surgery in May. He's torn his ACL. He's had some other lower body injuries. So, really, that, that that's what you're getting with John Ross is... Uh, is you're getting you're getting fast, but you're getting fragile, and he showed that in the combine. Right. Four two ran himself right into an injury. Right. So, we'll so see that's something NFL teams are going to have to consider the risk of on draft day for sure. Right, they but he's he's speed. definitely a top twenty pick now after after that that showing. Fast as hell. Yeah. All right, let's move on to the next guy here, uh, Carlos Henderson out of Louisiana Tech. You wrote in your reception perception write-up that he easily Henderson is easily my favorite wide receiver prospect of the 2017 draft class he he participates in kick returns Um, one of the biggest things is that he can break tackles which you wrote about and his success rate versus coverage chart is basically green all around all green on the route tree yeah now definitely I'm really still I'm still really really excited about Chris Godwin with three or I mean excuse me uh, Carlos Henderson but the the big thing we need to talk about with him was his combine was kind of a letdown. Okay. Like we knew he was going to be small, 5'11", 199. Yep. That's 199 pounds. That's fine. Uh shorter arms, you know, again, that's fine. You you expected him to be small. The real big thing for him though, his 40-yard dash is okay. Uh 4.46 in the 71st percentile. We knew he was going to be fast. His vertical jump, which is Again, vertical jump, people think it's like all about leaping ability. It's a little bit of that, but it also shows that lower body explosion. Yep. How high you can just push those legs test, off the ground. Test yeah. explosion. 57th percentile, pretty good, again, for somebody like him, 36 inches. His broad jump was 94th percentile, the 131 inches, which is great. That I think that all really shows his game. The question is, his three-cone drill, 11th percentile. 20-yard shuttle, 15th percentile. 60-yard shuttle, 15th percentile. Uh-huh. And these numbers all come in via Mock Draftable, by the way, which is, if you haven't checked out Mock Draftable, definitely go in. They've got the, the webs there and everything. Yeah, they redid the site this year. It, they did, and it looks yeah. great. So, I I don't know. I'm very kind of confused about his combine. It leaves more questions than answers. But I will say, Carlos Henderson Really impressive in reception perception. His success rate versus press and zone coverage are both the two highest scores I've ever had. You mentioned what he does after the catch. His multiple broken tackle rate in the open field is the highest I've had over the last two years. Wins in the contested catch game, 76% conversion rate. So still huge, very, very high on Carlos Henderson. I think his combine does lend for some questioning. Um, I'm sure a lot of those... Scores of his are inflated because he plays at Louisiana Tech and he's just better than everybody on the field. Right. But definitely somebody that I still think is going to be a round two to three pick and will at worst give you an athlete and at best gives you somebody that is going to eventually develop into a starting level receiver, which I, I still believe is uh, in his potential. Also, another one that has that important metric of following me on Twitter. So Nice. <laughs> At Matt Harmon, BYB. Exactly. It's a great account. Not really. It's, it's, it's a lot. It's very hit or miss. But, yeah, so Carlos Henderson still a guy I'm excited about. But his combine would definitely uh, raise, raise some more questions. Interesting. Maybe look out for some pro day action for Carlos Henderson then. Yeah, that'll be something, something to look for. All right, let's move on to the next guy. Uh, Cooper Cup out of Eastern Washington generated a lot of hype after the Senior Bowl. Uh, he's 6'2", 204 pounds, so he's a pretty big wide out. Uh, he, I feel like he's got, do you remember Nelson Spruce, that guy in the Rams during the preseason yes. last year who had like one amazing game and then like, right. I think he got hurt or something, but he just fell off the face of the earth. Yep. I feel like Cooper Cup is like that guy of this draft class because he generated all this hype after the senior bowl and then he comes into the combine and just flops. Shank. Yeah. Seriously, a four six two forty. Right. And I think you know, we talked about this last time in our first episode about the draft being a about the process. Yes. And, you know, again, you have these guys that come into the Senior Bowl like Cooper Cup and show out. I mean, we don't know. We weren't there at the Senior Bowl. But apparently, according to a lot of reports, especially from bigger media places, uh, that he was a real big standout. Right. Super productive at Eastern Washington, too. So he already had a high pedigree. And so you see that you see that high pedigree. Then you see him win at the Senior Bowl. And it's like, oh, 
this guy is a super a super stud. But then go out to a place like the combine where there's an even level playing field, runs that four six two vertical jump of thirty one inches, and that's in the seventh percentile. So not hashtag not good. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> I think, but again, I think it's just a sobering reality of who Cooper Cup is. He's not a bad prospect, but. He's a big slot receiver to me. You know, his his reception perception, which I'm going to publish this one on Friday, cool. uh, is his success rate versus man coverage is 59%. That's not good. It's well below the two-year average. Uh, his success rate versus zone coverage is right around the, the two-year average. His contested catch conversion rate is high. So that's a good thing. Yeah. He's definitely a big body that can that can shield defenders. Mm-hmm. Um, not going to win in the vertical game, but and definitely cannot separate outside in the NFL. And that so that's the thing. You've got to realize what you're drafting with him. And and to me, I think that's a player that's you know a day three pick. Interesting. So I think it's just a little bit of a sobering reality. <laughs> now talk about the process, but this next guy, he's somebody that came to the Senior Bowl and then showed out at the combine. All right, we're talking about Zay Jones out of East Carolina. <laughs> Uh, 6'2", 201 pounds. He comes from a football family, and he showed very well at the combine. A 133-inch vertical, 4.01-second 20-yard shuttle, and 11.17-second 60-yard shuttle. I, I See, and I felt coming into this, uh, into the combine, that is, that, you know, I saw... Mel Kuyper mock him in the first round, and I'm like, oh, this is just crazy. Like, it's yeah. just like the the Cooper Cup thing. You mm-hmm. know, he's a big guy. He went to the Senior Bowl. Um, now, his reception perception is better than, than, than Cooper Cup, so I will say that. But I definitely did not expect him to test like this. This is by far the biggest surprise among the wide receivers at the Combine to me. You mentioned he's 6'2", over 200 pounds. Yeah. Runs that 4.45, which was really impressive. But then uh, his vertical jump. 36 and a half inches, really strong there, um, a 65th percentile. His three-cone drill, 6.79 seconds, that's the 73rd percentile. And then the killer was his broad jump, 133 inches, that's a 97th percentile. Oh, so, man, I messed that up. I said his vertical was 133 inches. No, that, that's, <laughs> quite a, that's quite a jump. <laughs> that That's quite a jump. Uh, all of his shuttles were great, too. So, yeah, this, this really confirms... Uh, some of the excitement that he saw at the Senior Bowl. Now, Jones on film and in reception perception, he's kind of an average separator, and and his success rate versus man coverage is literally right at the two-year average. Um, I think he's probably a slot flanker type. Like, he'll do some outside work. He'll win, especially in the inside. Um, So there's still some questions with with Jones, uh, but I think he's definitely solidified himself as – you know, a top seven receiver in this class, cool. somebody that will go on the second day because of that combine. And, and he, like I said, he answered a lot of questions and showed uh, that that potential is there. Uh, so I, big win for, for Zay Jones. Like I said, I think he's he's a guy that, that proved the most at the combine. Cool. Good for him. I saw him on a lot of uh, winners of the combine recap. So nice. Well, that's, I, yeah, I said it. So yeah, uh, well, you said it first. You yeah, that was an original. That was an original thought. <laughs> No, I mean, it's it's accurate. All right, let's move on to some running backs a little bit here. We'll keep this short, but uh, there were some, some surprises among the running backs. Uh, Leonard Fournette, who is arguably the, the top running back prospect of this class, he made some scouts sweat with his vertical, which was like 28 and a half inches, which was, according to NFL research, only two players in the last four combines have ever done worse than that. So it was yeah. like historically bad vertical. And then he opted out of the broad jump, which raised more red flags. But then he redeemed himself with uh, the best 40 of any back weighing 240 pounds in NFL history. I think it was 4-5. Uh, 4-5-1, four, five. Four, five, yep. Yeah. That's, that's fl- for 240 pounds, that's flying. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we had wideouts that weighed less than that who did worse than that in the 40. I think our buddy Graham Barfield from uh, Fantasy Guru tweeted that that's the – I think that's his speed score, which is 40 adjusted for your weight, is like the 94th percentile or some crazy number like that. Yeah, that's insane. Outrageous. So he's, uh, he can't jump, but he can run. (laughs) Well, I think, (laughs) I think what that shows is one, like, you know, 240 might not be the weight he needs to actually play at. Right. You know, he's listed at 235. We talked about this in our first episode too. Like, um, maybe he cuts back down to the 230s and, and maybe that vertical jump is, is a little bit misleading, but you know he's not a laterally explosive guy, and I think that's what that vertical jump shows. Like we said, lower body explosion. Uh, it's also a lesson in like 
maybe let all the tests play out yeah. when you're watch if you're watching the combine. Yeah, don't freak out about one little thing. Right, because I saw people like just losing yeah. their mind oh, yeah. over the vertical jump, and then it's like, oh, you know, five minutes later he he rips off that four five, and it's like, whoa, okay, right, he's the guy we thought he was. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I mean, dude, the tape doesn't lie; like he's still good. He's just, a he's a beast. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I think after Dalvin Cook shanked it, I think he's you know. Fournette's clearly the best. He's solidified himself as the first back off the board. There you go. All right, that's Leonard Fournette. So outlook, good for him. Let's move on to Alvin Kamara. We talked about this guy a little bit last week. I couldn't really figure out why he's being regarded as like one of the top five backs in this class. He only had 103 or 105 carries last year, so there's no way we can tell if he can take take on a workhorse type role, but like that's what he's being graded as, and he had a really strong combine which put him in the conversation uh, among guys like Bucky Brooks and Mike Mayock in the top four running backs in the class, which is insane. So we'll have to see. I mean, he had a good uh, he had a good comment. He had the, I think believe he, he had the the highest or the second highest spark score among uh, guys at the combine. Yeah, he had a really good combine. And it's just yeah, and apparently he killed it in the meeting rooms too. Right, so. I saw that too. I think, you know, and he has some questions to answer because he transferred from Alabama to the lower level. And, right. You know, so, but it's, it's, it's basically a lock at this point. Like, unless just because he's a running back, he's going to go in the first round. It's crazy to me. Yep. Pretty um, nuts. And then Dante Foreman, who I was really excited to see because he came in at 233 pounds. Uh, he could not participate in anything but the bench press because of a stress fracture in his foot. So mm. he had some things to prove because he's a bigger back. We want to see his agility agility and his speed, and we didn't get to see any of that. So sorry, Dante Foreman. You probably hurt your draft stock. Welp. Welp. He'll still be a big a big bruiser up the middle, goal line type guy. Um, Christian McCaffrey, he opted out of his bowl game with Stanford and you know, got criticized for that to prepare for the draft and the combine, but it paid off because he lit the combine up. Like, what can't this guy do? He's a great pass catcher. Um, people are saying he might line up as a wide receiver in the NFL, depending on where he lands. It's just a oh, question yeah. of, is he kind of like a between-the-tackles type runner? Is he big enough to handle that? Yeah, his, he, did he have like a 6.57 or 6.57 three-cone? That's a crazy agility. Yeah, I think he set the. I think he was best in the class in three cone drill. Yep, he ran the four four. So I mean, McCaffrey showed, and he looked great on the field too. Watching him in drills, not only did he look good uh, doing the doing the running back drills, but like he looked good running routes as a wide receiver in the wide receiver drills. I think if they grabbed a few of those guys like McCaffrey, and I think they grabbed um, they grabbed Kamara too to catch some passes, yeah. I believe. So. Yeah, uh, he really scared people on the first day with an ugly bench press. Right. Uh, but then he went out there. He, he did ten reps on the bench, which is the first. By the way, that is the first percentile according to Mock Draftable. But uh, yeah, <laughs> smashed and all. <laughs> oh my god, that's rough. Um, Whatever. If I tried that, I'd turn into a pile of dust. So ten is good by my count. No, I couldn't bench ten. I would be. I was truly. It's two hundred and twenty-five pounds. I know. Right? I was about That's to try insane. to. I was about to try to like do a bit about like. Well, I think we could probably. But no, no. Maybe at the end of the summer. Okay. We'll hold, <laughs> we're going to hold you to that. <laughs> but yeah, McCaffrey proved a lot. He's he's gonna. I. It would be kind of shocking if he didn't go in the first round. Top three back. Oh yeah. Well, the, just depends on what you think of Dalvin Cook too. Right. Because I saw some people say they were going to move him to RB four now. Right. After the combine. Because he didn't do so great. Right. We'll see. All right. I think that covers it for our combine reactions. Cool. Um, uh, Well, we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll come back with our music and beer takes of the week. Nice. Can't wait. All right, everybody. We want to remind you about the sponsor of today's show. It's the Duchamp's Grooming Company. Their vintage-inspired, handmade grooming products for the modern-day man are incredible. They have a fantastic beard oil and beard balm to get your facial hair looking just right. They also have a hair wax to make you look stylish as, as all get out, or even a little bit of lip balm there that's scented very nice. Now, for the ladies out there, if you still want to grab some products from them, which we encourage you to do so, they have plenty of kits to get your loved ones a present. All these handmade products are awesome. I use them every day. I have them in my pocket right now. They even have a signature scent. Um, You can find all this stuff at the online shop at www.duchamps.com. 
G-R-O-O-M-I-N-G.co. That's DoChampsGrooming.co. They have an online shop and follow them on Instagram, DoChampsGroomingCo, and on Twitter, at DoChampsGroomCo. Find them, follow them, retweet them, and buy their stuff. All right. Let's get back to the show. All right. All right, everyone. We're back with uh, with basically our world famous uh, segments here of uh, of music and beer and uh, franchise. Why don't you tell us about who your music pick of the week is? Thanks, man. All right. Well, today is Wednesday. It's actually hashtag International Women's Day. So righteous, I'm gonna, uh, righteous. I'm gonna go with a female artist that I am growing on or is growing on me. Her name is Rhiannon Giddens. Uh, she started with a band called the Carolina Chocolate Drops. Uh, I think they won a couple Grammys. Um, she just dropped her second solo album maybe two weeks ago now. It is called Freedom Highway. She is a singer-songwriter, banjo player, violin player. Her vocals are just Man, this woman can cut through a room. I saw her live once with uh, the new Basement Tapes, which is like a Bob Dylan old Oh, I love, I love that, yeah. Yeah. That's, so a, that's they, a, great, uh, like a great CD. Yeah, she's on that. That's one of her projects. But I saw, oh. them do, I saw them live two years ago when they did a couple of live shows. And the room, everyone in the room was being very respectful because it was like such this crazy moment that everyone was just trying to take in. Right. And you could hear a pin drop in this theater and her vocals just cut through the air. It was crazy. It's just, she's passionate, powerful, and uh, you can feel it in, in her songs. Like you can feel her just kind of cutting through the emotion. Um, so the album Freedom Highway's got a little bluegrass feel, refreshing country twang. It's mostly down-tempo, folky tunes, uh, but she's an amazing songwriter. She's got a great voice. She kind of reminds me of the chick from uh, Alabama Shakes. Oh, yeah. Uh, I can't remember her name right now. Brittany Williams. Brittany... Or Brittany Howard, sorry. Brittany Howard, yeah. So I would could compare her to Brittany Howard if you know who the Alabama Shakes are. She's just... If you ever get a chance to see Rand and Giddens live, go take it up. She'll blow you away. And check out her new album called Freedom Highway. It's out now. If you like folk and bluegrass, it's right up your alley. You're mentioning a lot of stuff that I like right now. I yeah. mean, the music sounds like it's right up my alley. I mean, banjos. Come on, give me a break. You have uh, a banjo in the next room. I literally right? have a banjo right over there. Yeah. Carolina, it's where my family's from. Chocolate. I love chocolate. Who doesn't like a little chocolate? Especially dark chocolate because it's good for your brain and your heart. There you go. So, talking about yeah, a lot of stuff I like here. It's good stuff, man. Your first track will, will, will get you. Well, there you go. You, yeah. just, you, just, you just woke up a lot of sheep out there talking S- about that. Stay woke. Stay woke, baby. All right, uh, on to your beer take. So what have you been drinking? Yeah, so the beer of the week, I had this actually when I was out uh, Saturday night at the little place called Public School in Culver City. Oh, nice. Met up with our friend uh, Marcus Grant when I was out there. and uh, I'm I'm aware of him. Yeah, well, you know, a little bit of a a sleeper, a little bit of a sleeper superstar out there, (laughs) Marcus Grant. Uh, Yeah, but uh, we also met up with with a few other people. But uh, it's uh, Lucky Luke Brewing. It's uh, the painter is the name of the beer. It's mm. like a hoppy red ale. They're from uh, Palmdale, California, which is a little bit, a little bit north from here. Localish. Localish. Uh, it's really, it's a really good beer. It's easy to drink. Uh, like I said, if you like red ales, it's kind of right up that alley. But it's got a good flavor to it. Uh, and the best part, it's like a collaboration with a local pinstriping artist. As cool. I found out when I hit Google.com. So I think it very much fits with our brand here. Beer, good, also local artist. Stripes. So, pinstripes, yeah. So what, does he design like the labels? Yeah, if you go on, if you like I said, if you go and Google it and uh, you'll see like the, the glasses that they have it in have are very cool and stuff like oh, that. So cool. it's, it's fun. It's a, it's a good, like I said, tastes really good. Good to see it out there. So And public school is also a good spot too. Oh, uh, they to, have yeah. so many good beers there. Yeah, we were just there just recently. Oh, uh, yeah, we were. We were. Yeah, the so. Gulp would be jealous. I don't want to, well, I don't want to make the gulp jealous. But, you know. uh, they might be listening. Oh, no. All right. All right. And now Damn we're. Damn hipster. Yeah, well, well whatever. <laughs> All right. Now we're going to get into our last segment of the show, and it's a new one. It's new, questions. New segment alert. New, se- new segment alert. Questions from our fans. We had a lot of, and 
like so we called out on Twitter and on this show, you know, send in questions and you can send in questions every week to fantasyhipsters at gmail.com. Yeah. Um, but just future programming note, if you're gonna send in a question, send in a question. We don't need your life story. We got a lot of long questions <laughs> and we gotta read through all this stuff. So yeah, just uh, you know, like I said, in the future, maybe just send the question. Yeah, pretend the email is, is actually tweet. Twitter and limit right. it to 140 characters and then hit send. All right, cool. So All right, let's start with but the first one here. Yeah. before we answer questions, we have to tell you that this segment is also sponsored. Nice. It's sponsored by Reality Sports Online. You and I both play at Reality Sports Online. We have a league there together. Yep. And it is, would, would, you, agree with, would you agree with this take? It is good. It's it's V V V good. It's V good. It's V underground too. Especially if you do like it's it is V underground. Especially if you do like dynasty leagues and right it's like salary a, contracts and all this kind of crazy stuff. The customizations are ridiculous. Right. So basically, like what they let you do is they let you run an NFL team like an actual general manager. There, it's actually created by two former front office personnel people. Uh, it features a revolutionary free agent auction room, which mimics like the actual free agency process. Uh, it enables fantasy owners to negotiate and sign the NFL's top talent to single or multi-year contracts. You can actually host up to 32 teams. Wow. It has a ton of other features, like we mentioned, in addition to the free agency. It's got rookie drafts, multi-team trades, franchise tag, injured reserve, automated contract and salary cap functionality, and so much more. So let's, for, for real. Go to realitysportsonline.com, test your general manager skills for free with a 14-day free trial, and if you like what you see, use the promo code HIPSTERS to receive a 10% discount on your team or league today. For real, fantasy just got real. So go to realitysportsonline.com, use that promo code. Seriously, if you play fantasy, you want to try this platform out, personally endorsed by the HIPSTERS. Use that code. Boom. Promo code HIPSTERS. Promo code HIPSTERS. Get it. Yep. All right. So now we'll get to the questions. First question comes in from Stevie Semple. Gentlemen, the splash news of the day is Brandon Marshall of the Giants. Seems to be a better move in real life than for fantasy owners. Question mark. It's a lot of mouths to feed there now. The Giants may have been better served upgrading the offensive line. Make you run for somebody like TJ Lang and allowing the running game to grow or some room. What do you think? Well, kind of already told you what we thought about that. Yeah. We talked about B. Marsh off the top. I would like to see some more running room back there for guys like Paul Perkins and Shane Vereen still hanging around, but they're a passing offense. I mean, what do you, exactly, right. what do you want? They're a passing offense, so it makes sense. They had to upgrade that third receiver spot, and they may have done it by getting a, a number two receiver there with Marshall. So, And again, like we said, teams don't make these moves with the idea of like, oh, no, we've got too many mouths to feed. Right. And no. like I said, they, have, they had over $30 million of cap room to start the offseason, so they can still go out and get an offensive line. I think they really are kind of going all in. Like we saw the last off season, and so I think we can expect some more moves like that. They spend all that money in twenty uh, in twenty fifteen. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. Next question is from Zachary Brown. He asks: Sammy Watkins, Eric Decker, and Keenan Allen. Which wide receiver are the fantasy hipsters drafting? He actually he was one of the ones that literally wrote a book with his question. So we cut your question down and, and so, just kept it. Sorry, it. Zachary. Yeah, Keep sorry. it shorter next time, bud. But for real, good thoughts though. You had some you had some good takes. But uh, for me, it's Keenan Allen still here. Uh, I still think he's going to be the number one receiver there in that offense. They have a lot of other players, that's for sure. Dontrell Inman. Um, they cut Stevie Johnson, but they still have Tyrell Williams. I have uh, Travis Benjamin there, in addition to Hunter Henry and Antonio Gates, who came back too. But yeah, I still think Keenan Allen, uh, at his peak, is still a really good receiver. But if Watkins, you know, if Watkins was ever going to be healthy, he'd be the clear answer here. But you know, hmm. yeah, he's never healthy, and Eric Decker's out for the next nineteen years. Right. Uh, so so Keenan Allen. I mean, I guess he included Keenan Allen here because of the ACL thing, but. He's had basically he played a quarter last year and had the entire season to recover plus right. the entire offseason. He's going to be fine by the start of this year. He's just a guy that's always injured and that worries people. But yeah. you know, nevertheless, all these other guys are injured too a lot. But you know, I'm with you on Keenan Allen. Yeah. All right, let's move on. This one comes in from Ernesto. Ernesto's our buddy, so I'm going to try to pronounce this right. Tuilpano. I don't know. 
I tried. Let's just call him Ernesto. For Ernesto, now. our buddy Ernesto. Yeah. Like, he tweets us a lot, and he sent us this email. Also, another, he had a lot of good suggestions for future segments and this, that, and the other. So we really appreciate your email. And one of the questions that we got from him, which free agent or draftee would be a good fit for Tampa Bay and Green Bay since they had some key injuries during the season? And what and franchise, what do you think of the new Jesus and Mary Chain CD, Damage and Joy? <laughs> I've not heard that album yet, so maybe I have to add that to my list. He's Ernesto out. just out-hipstered you. He, yes, I am embarrassed. That you should be embarrassed. But to the question, which free agent fit would 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 fit with those guys? Tampa Bay, I you know, they're already rumored to be really in on the Deshaun Jackson sweep to yeah. six, and I think that's DJ a perfect X. fit. Yeah. If for some reason they don't grab him, I think they might look – if John Ross slips to their point – I think he will be a player that they look for. Regardless, I think they really need to add playmakers to that offense. They re-signed Mike Smith to a big uh, deal to stay as their defensive coordinator. Um, and I think that they like what they did there at the end of the season on defense. So that means they need to throw resources at that offense. Yeah, I mean, it was it was basically just Mike Evans last year. So Right, look for them to be kind of in the if – if they don't get Deshaun Jackson, and maybe even if they do – Look for them to kind of be in the bargain bin shopping at free agency like um, Kendall Wright. That could be an interesting fit there with them. Um, and as for the Packers, I think they need a, they need some speed at the wide receiver position, but I don't see them spending a bunch. And, you know, quite frankly, they never spend in free agency. So yeah. their biggest move is probably re-sign Jared Cook. All right, Jared Cook, yeah. And there was I saw a blurb this morning about uh, Rodgers might restructure his, con- his contract, but, you know. <laughs> well, because he made the point um, – uh, if Mike Lennon is, is going to get paid, yeah, million a year, <laughs> exactly. I deserve a bump, buddy. which is quite fair. Yeah, you know, it, it's it, pretty fair. Yeah, I just I don't know free agents to fit Green Bay. I don't know. I mean, like they just they, they never they bring in don't. free agents, so I don't really think we can expect them to bring in any free agents. But draft wise, they'll they'll definitely look at some cornerbacks, running um, backs. Yeah, running backs too. Chris McCaffrey would be a good fit there. That would help them for sure. If Randall Cobb still doesn't get back to form, they could use him some in the slot. They could he could they could really be like what they kind of envisioned Ty Montgomery being. I them. like this take. It's a good take. Yeah, they're fresh in, takes. They're in Indianapolis. I think would be the two best fits for him. Nice. He really needs to become a Colt in my in my opinion. But Coats. all right, all right. Next section here. This is Brussels sprouts questions, and okay. I grouped these all together because. I had, I think legitimately I got uh, multiple Brussels sprouts questions. So first one <laughs> up, off the top, this comes from Ryan D. Alessandro. D'Alessandro. D'Alessandro. Anyways, there, I'm, we're going to but I at least am going to butcher the, uh, many names in the question segment. This is fine. My girlfriend hates the sprouts. I've tried a few different routes. Nice. But to no avail. I need the help of the hipsters. Number one Brussels sprout recipe for someone that hates them. Here's how you prepare your Brussels sprouts. Pour a bunch girlfriend. of sugar on top and then put it in the oven and see what happens. Shut up. <laughs> I'm actually going to need you to stay silent for this question. All right. All right. Jeez. Thank you. Ryan, your first step, if you want to prepare them a way that your girlfriend likes, find out what your girlfriend likes. What other food, what other food does she like and maybe, you know, kind of mimic that. So for me, I like onions and garlic. Because right. I just want to repel as many women as possible. Yeah, I like those flavors too. <laughs> but no, so anyway, so yeah. what, you, what you do, here's how I prepare them. Okay. Chop up some onions, throw them in a pan with some olive oil, saute those a little. Saute. Then chop up some garlic, throw that in there. Then chop your sprouts. If they're big, chop them into fourths. If they're regular size, chop them into halves. Toss them in there, and you want to saute them until they're good and brown. Like, you don't want to burn them, obviously, but don't brown them just a little. Brown them a pretty good amount. Now, here's the key. Here's the key, Ryan, and all those others that have asked me. Cover them. you got to take a pan cover and cover them for about three to five minutes after you've sautéed them well. And even some, you know, if you really want to soften them up a little, take just, like, the smallest, like, a teaspoon of water and dump it in there create more steam cover them. A, right. pin, a pinch of water. A pinch. And so we're, we're creating steam. Right, because the key is, look, this is where people run into problems with Brussels sprouts. The key is the cover. The, 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 it is the key because the problem that people run into with Brussels sprouts is they either just saute them and then they're too crunchy. Yes. Or or they just steam them and then they're just all like soggy and gross. Right. And that's the problem. That's, you got to get that texture right. Got to get the texture just right. So that's the key, Ryan. That's the key. Cover them, get the texture right, steam them out. But you can experiment with them a lot of different ways. Some people put Old Bay on them and then roast them. 
Maybe your girlfriend likes Old Bay. I don't know. Maybe you're from Baltimore or something. I feel I like there's a zillion ways to do Brussels sprouts. There's so many, and that's why they're exciting. That's why they're exciting. Right. But the key to cooking the right texture is the cover. It's the cover. Right. You've got to so cover. No matter how you flavor them. Saute, cover. Got it. Boom. All right. And Zane Mitchell also asked, what's the best vegetable to roast with Brussels sprouts? Personally, I'm partial to shallots. Mm, bacon. Mm, not a vegetable. Not a vegetable. <laughs> Oh. It's also kind of contradictory to then make Brussels sprouts and then, I mean, listen, if, it tastes good, but if you're still trying to stay healthy with the Brussels sprouts and they are an incredibly healthy food. I had somebody tweet me this and I've never done this together, but I've eaten them separately. Maybe a sweet potato. Oh, that would be great. Someone tweeted because everybody tweets me pictures of Brussels sprouts. I, I literally get a picture at least once a day. It's sprouts and routes. Just your brand. Exactly. Sprouts and routes. Shout out to whoever tweeted us that. Retweet every single picture. If you tweet me pictures of your Brussels sprouts, I will retweet them. Wow. If they're really good, I will comment on this them. This is amazing. So anyways, somebody, somebody tweeted me that this weekend. Good stuff. Actually, I think I'm going to try that perhaps uh, tonight. With shallots? No, with a sweet potato. I, oh, shallots, oh gotcha. is, shallots is the wrong. Yo, answer. sweet potatoes are awesome. Sweet potatoes are great. Sweet potatoes are super underrated. By the way, I will say this. I will announce this officially tonight. I have, or officially on this podcast. I have not told anybody yet on Twitter. Oh boy! Uh, tonight I will be experimenting with cauliflower bread. Bread, cauliflower bread. Cauliflower bread. Dude, that's hipster. People are going to be so mean <laughs> to me online, and I can. I'm going to love it. Cauliflower barely tastes like anything, though. You it's wait. like crunchy water. You wait. Next week we'll do uh, uh, at the in the next episode of Fantasy Hipters we'll do a recap of cauliflower bread. Okay. All right. Anyways, let's let's finish up with the let's questions. Let's move on here. Tim Jablonski, our buddy, was he was in the Beard League last year, I think, right? Yes, he was. Tim Jablonski, he's one of our our pals on Twitter. He says, "Hi guys, loving the new podcast. As men with beards, you both know that caring for your beard is an important job. Yes, it is. And I was just wondering." what your beard routines look like. Enjoy your lives. Yo, Tim, enjoy your life too, buddy. Yeah, and this is an easy answer. Go to DoChampsGrooming.com. DoChamps Grooming, beard oil, and beard balm. Boom. And comb it in and they've twice got a, a day. They've got a wood comb there too. I try to oil my beard twice a day. Sometimes I forget. The key is like if you take a shower and then you want to put oil in your beard, you got to make sure your beard is dry before you put the oil in there. So like... Give it, comb it out, fluff it out, yeah. let it sit for like 20 minutes, maybe give it another rub with a towel, and then you apply the beard oil. Nice. And then you comb it through because it's all about... But the key is going to do champs grooming. Do champs grooming. Dot co. Dot co. They have a shop where you can buy beard oil, everything. beard balm, everything we... Get yourself the kit. All that stuff. They are sponsoring this podcast, by the way, and we thank them for that. Absolutely. Next, Next question. One. Yep. Zachary Do It. Hey, y'all. First off, love the show. Of course you do. It's awesome. My name's Zach, and I'm curious how y'all got into sports writing or fantasy writing. I've always been interested and was just looking for some guidance or pointers. Does college major matter? Did you start out like freelance, newspaper, etc.? Thanks. Well. Well, if you want to uh, find out, listen to the Backyard Banter podcast. Yeah, Matt Harmon has a whole <laughs> podcast where he interviews industry folks, sports writers, just kind of the entire spectrum of the, the sports industry, whether it's media or whatever have you mostly yes. writers yes uh, but they just tell their stories of how they became writers so go find that podcast on his website you can find episode eight which is what franchise was on in season one so right. listen to that one you can hear how both of us got started yeah. through that podcast but here just quick pointers no college major doesn't matter nope i majored in music industry i majored in sociology yep you can also do journalism though if you want to you know it helps it, it helps do do you uh the, create unique content don't be a jerk online Make connections, put yourself out there, um, and that's kind of the that's kind of the big thing though is make yourself stand out. You have to create neat content that stands out. Don't just try to do the same thing as everybody else did. Right. Just start writing. Whether you start your own blog, you join your college yes. newspaper writing about sports, whatever it is, you just gotta start. Boom. And then it'll go from there. So, cool. Thanks for the question, Zach. Absolutely. It's a good it's a good topic. Uh, so next question, Ross Lang. Should a trade ever be vetoed? Half my league wants to veto this trade because Team 1 didn't offer enough for Julio Jones. Uh, the trade is Team 1, Devontae Adams, 2017 second round, 205 pick, 2018 first and second picks. Uh, and Team 2 would give up Julio Jones. Uh, here's the answer. No. No trade should ever be vetoed. Nope. Unless there's like a clear collusion incident. Yeah. No. You should never veto a trade. And people that veto trades are weenies. I agree cool let's move on all right this one's from rebecca 
Uh, she said, "You're. I'm listening to a new album every day, and I forgot the band you said last week. Uh, so she just wanted to be reminded it was Minus the Bear. So go check them out, Rebecca. Boom. Next up. Bobby Dar- Darling. What a nice name. What's up, guys? I'm in a dynasty league where I get to keep six players year to year, and I'm having a hard time because my keeper prospects include a bunch of promising young running backs, Derrick Henry, CJ Procise, Paul Perkins, Kenneth Dixon, a few guys I love who had serious fantasy regression last year, DeAndre Hopkins, Allen Robinson, and Tyler Eifert. Uh, I feel like the clear decision is to dump one of the running backs. Which one of the four I mentioned was the t- has the toughest road ahead? Henry playing behind DeMarco, CJ in a timeshare with Rawls, Dixon in the same boat with West. Is Perkins the top dog in New York now with Jennings out? Would love some insight. Well, we talked about this before we started the show and we had differing opinions, but I would say the guy I would drop is would be Paul Perkins because, like we said, the Giants are pass-first offense. Their offensive line isn't great. Paul Perkins isn't really – I guess I wouldn't call him a workhorse. They still have Shane Vereen back there to come in on passing downs and he would be the guy I would cut. Yeah, I'm kind of going back and forth here because I'm not going to drop – I'm obviously not going to drop Hopkins or Robinson, and Eifert is too rare of a tight end when he is on the field. Procise, I'm a big – both of us are big fans of Procise. We're huge fans of Derrick Henry. Even if they are in timeshares, they're just too talented to drop. It comes down to Kenneth Dixon and Paul Perkins to me, and since Mm -hmm. Franchise made a pretty good case to drop Paul Perkins, the one I'll say Kenneth Dixon – uh, because one, I think he's just an okay talent. Yeah. I know everybody loves him, but I think he's just a. I think he could be an above average starter, but he's not like. I don't think he's like the next David Johnson or anything. Right. He is in a timeshare. He's on an offense that doesn't commit to the run. So and they just lost their right tackle in free agency. Yeah. Boom. So I don't know. I think it's a pretty good toss up between Perkins and Dixon, and I would just go to Dixon because right, right this very second, if you have to make the decision, Dixon has more competition on the depth chart than Paul Perkins does. Though I would expect both teams to draft a running back. Agree. All right. Next question from George Bissell. Uh, Seriously love the new show. Keep up the great work. Thanks, George. We love you back. He says, I've been a Patriots fan since the Bledsoe era. I'm not one of the crazy Pats fans that's still in denial about Deflategate, etc. I genuinely appreciate how good Tom Brady and Bill Belichick have been for the last 15-plus years, and I wonder how you both would approach the Jimmy Garoppolo situation slash decision and the Patriots' long-term outlook. How would, you handle, <clears throat> how would you handle the decision taking into account Brady's age and how much Garoppolo could net in a potential trade? It seems to me like they have almost no intention of dealing him right now. Is that the right decision? Well, I, honestly, I think they do end up dealing him. I think they are kind of posturing right now. Um, because what are you going to do? Are you going to give Jimmy like a, a high-end starter, I mean a high-end backup contract? Because I don't think he would take that. I think he would try to get to the open market. Yeah. Um, you know, you have Tom Brady. It looks like he's going to play longer. You know, maybe he doesn't, but whatever. In my opinion, I think you deal – Garoppolo this year, I think a first-round pick and a little more gets it done. So that's where I stand on it. Uh, just a heads-up, uh, NFL Network's Mike Garoppolo suggested the Patriots are seeking two first-round picks in exchange for Jimmy Garoppolo. So it's a lot might, to pay. Might be too rich of an asking price, uh, but we'll see what happens. Well, there you go. Also, um, I don't know if you guys heard, but Tom Brady started his own food line or something, TB12 or I would love to have the kind of money to start to start a food line and just to be able to have the like nutritionist that he does. This is r- just ridiculous. It is pretty outrageous. All right, let's move on. Our next question comes in from Michael Gowanka or Gowanka. I don't know. Sorry. Nice, nice try. Sorry, Michael. Again, I'm going to butcher some names. What are your favorite dra- fantasy draft strategies, e.g. zero RB or late round QB? Well, we're not going to answer that question. Uh, because whatever, you asked two questions, that's against the rules. Um, but I really like the second part of the question here. Also, what do you think of Sammy Coates and Chris Conley going into next year? Both have silly potential with above 97% spark score, spark and burst scores. Thanks, Player Profiler. There's a free plug for you, Player Profiler. But neither of them saw a ton of looks last year. Could they be sneaky late-round picks in 2017? 
Here's my thought. Okay. Never thought Sammy Coates was good. Still don't think Sammy Coates is good. He can occasionally be a vertical player, but whatever. No, I don't think he's ever going to be a high-end asset. People are just not going to forget about that one game where he went off. And that was that was a that was a good game. And he has that potential in him, but I just don't think he is ever going to be like he's just never going to he's has drop problems. Oh yeah. But like he for one has severe drop problems, but two he doesn't offer like consistent route running or any consistent ability to separate or win contested catches where you live with those drop problems. Right. Chris Conley though, I've always liked Chris Conley. The problem is like I think he's legit good. He's not only is he athletic, I think he gets separation on his routes. If he was on another team, I think he could be a sneaky player. Problem is plays on the Chiefs. Not gonna happen. Problem is Chiefs. Right. So he's maybe Sorry. he's maybe somebody at the end of his rookie contract. If he moves on, he could be kind of an interesting player. Or if there's another team that maybe just likes him and deals for him. But as long as he's on the Chiefs, there's really no reasonable uh, reason to project him for anything more than what we've seen so far. There you go. All right. Last question is from Andy Donachi. Hey hipsters, the B Marsh move to the G Men made me think. What's that remind me of? The closest I came to was when I first had bacon lardens with my Brussels sprouts. What other player hipster comparisons do you have? So you actually came up with a good one. Well, for one, Andy, we're going to steal this yeah. for a segment. Yeah. So thank you for that. Thanks, Andy. Hopefully your, your seg- this segment that you created gets sponsored. Yeah, like good, real- good like luck to you. Reality Sports Online sponsors this segment. Right. Go to realitysportsonline.com and sign up with the promo code. There you go. Hipsters. Hipsters, 10% off. Yeah, we're going to steal this. But you did have one pretty good one, right? I had one pretty good one from earlier because of the Brandon LaFell news and the Vine where Brandon LaFell is a trash can. So the hipster version of Brandon LaFell being a trash can would be Brandon LaFell being one of those compost things. Compost, compost bin. bin circle things. Right? Yeah. It's on a, like a thing and you spin it. I don't know what you're talking about. They have, they have these big compost things and you like spin it so that it turns over. I don't know what I'm sure. talking about. But okay. Brandon LaFell is a compost heap. Yep, there. he's a compost heap. <laughs> Good job, Bengals. You signed a compost heap for the next two years. Righteous. Do you have any? No. I don't want to put you on the spot. Yeah, I don't. All right, we'll, we'll elaborate for another episode because this is, might be a new segment. Yeah, we'll make player and situation comparisons to hipster things. Cool. <laughs> awesome. All right, you guys. So that's it. That's it. That's the podcast. A little bit longer here this episode than the last one. I haven't been keeping track because I'm not a professional, so I don't know how long we went. It's but fine. tell it's us. It's been three days. Cool. Wow. It's been a long time. Well, we did have to stop down three times to get Mort to stop stomping on the controls back Mort. there. Jeez, Mort. <laughs> Anyways. All right. So, yeah, for sure. Thank, let us know what you like better. Do you like the 40-minute format or this three-day format? You right. Know, let us know. Right. You can email us at fantasyhipsters at gmail.com, or you can also send questions, uh, preferably shorter ones than we got this time. Yeah, and, you know, next week we'll be back with more free agency reactions because a lot of stuff's going to happen, more hipster takes. You can find Matt Harmon on the BackyardBanter.com, ReceptionPerception.com, franchise's website's called StickToFootball.com. Uh, go to FantasyHipsters.com to stream our podcast or iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you listen to podcasts. Find Matt Harmon on Twitter at MattHarmon underscore BYB. I'm at Matt Franchise. Download, subscribe, rate, and review. Please, if you are an iTunes listener, subscribe, rate, Review. We will eventually come up with a good uh, incentive for you guys to do this. But for now, do it out of the goodness of your heart. Yeah, because you love us and you want us to see us do well. Yeah, you want to see us succeed. Right. But for now, hipsters out. Hipsters out. Hipsters out.